0: Welcome to the
1: podcast where we talk all about love. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Carly-Ann. Let's be honest, nobody taught us about the challenges that come with finding and keeping healthy, happy relationships. Nobody warned us of the courage that you need to put yourself out there when dating or gave us the tools to manage anxiety or told us what the hell to do when we got ghosted. As two coaches working in this space, we want to open up the conversation and give our take into the real, messy, amazing, sometimes tiring and frustrating, but mainly an
0: extraordinary journey that comes with creating the secure, lasting relationships that you deserve. Welcome back to All About Love. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm Caitlin and we've got Carly here. And today, guys, we are talking about one of i think the biggest topics um, within our industry when it comes to love especially for ladies who are around our age which is 30 plus and this is really about how we can talk about time and the concept of time running away and the anxiety that can come with that pressure And we will also very gently touch upon the biological clock um, and everything kind of related to that topic. We've both talked about this and actually we don't think it's discussed enough, either the pressure that you feel about time or, um, you know, things like... If you want to have a family but you are still single at a certain age and what that can feel like and actually what that can kind of do to our dating experience and to our kind of i guess perception of love and everything involved but that was a very long introduction but i feel very passionate about this topic carly
1: (laughs) (laughs) no that was a great introduction caitlin what about let's dive straight in off the top of your head and your feelings What's your experience with this? So I
0: guess it's almost twofold and two part, right? When I was single, there was a thousand percent um, this feeling of not necessarily time running away, but the pressure of when it was going to happen, because I was watching um You know, friends, be in long-term relationships, start to get engaged, get married, move in together, kind of, you know, starting to reach all of those milestones. And I'd never had a um, sort of serious boyfriend. You know, I've spoken quite openly about I was the big data. I desperately wanted love, but it just hadn't happened. And it felt like a mountain I had to climb. (laughs) It didn't feel like something that was going to be... In my journey, or it didn't feel love didn't feel kind of like part of my story or part of my identity at that time. Um, So there was such a huge pressure on when it was going to happen, you know, what it was going to look like. And I did have so many questions from other people saying, Why are you still single? Why haven't you got a boyfriend yet? Oh, are you concentrating on dating? You know, oh, did it? and it, it was never intended with any malice but my own internal pressure and what everybody else was saying to me kind of built and built and built so that was definitely my experience when I was single and then actually it was interested getting married you know sort of 30 plus when as soon as you're married the next question is when you're gonna have a baby I think about it yet. come on tick tock tick tock not thinking about your biological clock or, you know, getting older. So that's a different kind of conversation, different kind of pressure, I
1: think. It's interesting, because when you say that I'm mm-hmm. I love, I've felt and feel pressure for sure. When people talk about those awkward family moments or Christmas and people asking, you know, what's next and things like yeah. that, or are you dating? And have you met anyone yet? I can imagine those conversations, and I know that I'm a huge part of those conversations. I haven't ever felt real pressure around those conversations. Mm. I do, okay, this could be an unpopular opinion. Yep. I sometimes feel like when we're single, we have that perception. And if anyone brings up, oh, are you dating just out of interest? And again, I know people can say, well, that's not anyone's business but we have to just think of conversation sometimes. (laughs) I don't know that people really mean it in the way that the single community take it. I completely agree. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do. And looking back now, and a lot of the work I do with clients is reframing. There was an example um, of, you know, an area that you were really comfortable in. For example, you love going to the gym if I was to say why are you going to the gym so much like are you sure you should be going to the gym do you do you think that's really like do you not think you should be concentrating on this what would your response be well because this is it isn't it it's just an mm. easy conversation right but you feel but you would feel so comfortable in the fact that you love the gym and like you're happy going to the gym and you're happy with that area of your life she'd be like all right like i'm fine thank you you know but there wouldn't be that that drama or that internal dialogue saying i was attacking your choices or i was questioning your worth or i was questioning your kind of status and things like that
1: yeah because the thing is i do get it as well and you can do it again with like what you were saying with the questions around the kids and what's next mm. For me personally, I do feel like if we were to become the observer of these conversations, not with everyone, I do understand that I get that there's some worry, like maybe from parents and things like that. If we become the observer, we can see that a lot of it is just chit chat and wanting something to talk about. But I do get it because that did bring a, it did bring a memory back of my dad asking I can't remember the exact question he asked and his follow-up was it's just because I worry about you and what I think that comes down to is that we do know as humans that we long for connection yeah we don't like the thought of people that we love being on their own or lonely or things like that and I think this comes into the collective opinion of loneliness and being on your own and needing people and there's that balance isn't it because there is a lot of truth in that However, it doesn't have to equal loneliness. And in the meantime, we can be working on ourselves and having a good time. But yeah, there is that, there's definitely that balance, and it can go too far the other way. And people giving unsolicited advice about how to date and who to meet and all of those things. But if you are worried about it and you feel that pressure, then anything anyone says falls into that bracket. And it's almost like sometimes I feel a bit like, and I've spent many, many years single, so I do have the right to have this opinion in this this conversation (laughs) many years twice i was single for many many years like the single one but sometimes it just felt like we walk around with this like chip on our shoulder if Mm -hmm. anyone asks us about being single or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and i just think god that time you spend thinking about that is worse than them actually asking the question But I did have not a chip, but I felt that kind of sadness
0: when somebody would ask me. And that was because of me. But it was because my story was I am the single one. So, you know, um, it's sort of Christmases and things like that. Like if my brother was with somebody, if my sister's with somebody or, you know, you'd go to events where you would be like the only single one out of your mates or whatever it was like, you know. Um, and that wasn't necessarily for a long period because people, you know, friends, relationships changed, every, you know, you go through that, that sort of transition, don't you? But I would, it would all, it would, it would sort of be all I would see, you know? So it was, I'd walk into that room and rather than it being like, Ooh, um, I'm here to see all my friends. You know, if I was feeling vulnerable or if I'd had a bad date or if I'd had a bad experience i'd be like going and be like oh everybody's gonna ask me or everybody's coupled up or you know whatever that what that whatever that was so that was a thousand percent about me but i do i really liked what you said about the kind of collective narrative because I, i i we have to really acknowledge that there is a huge pressure on women um but also society Has so far been set up to make life easier if you are in a couple. I'm sorry, it has. Like, there's even tax benefits if you're married, right? You know, there's let's not pretend that, you know, financially, culturally, people expect you to get to a certain age and get married. And it doesn't mean it's right. And I think it is changing slowly but surely. But let's acknowledge the elephant in the room.
1: Yeah. And this is where it comes down to it, isn't it? If not everyone, that's really key to say, but a lot of people do ultimately long for that connection and that yeah. relationship. And we also can't sugarcoat that. Like a lot of the work is around maintaining the hope yes. and looking after yourself and doing the things so that you can have the relationship that you're looking for and then sustain that and that's what we're supporting people to do so we do still feed into that as well like that is still like the end goal and i know it's not literally the end goal with the, the work that we do but ultimately it still comes down to that relationship
0: yeah and i think that it's again it's not the perception that that's everybody's situation or what everybody wants but i also think within this conversation hopefully we can normalize actually that the longing for love and a relationship and you know, wanting to meet somebody can be from a really empowering, happy place. Um, I always say to clients, there's a big difference of wanting the end goal of a relationship because you think it's going to fix your life or, or give you the love you haven't felt yet. You know, getting yourself to a place where you do feel really good and you are really comfortable and you are happy and you want somebody to add to that. You know, it's not somebody to fix it, somebody to come in and, um, yeah, had a really interesting conversation when we're talking about the story around being single. Um, and, um, somebody I was speaking to the other week, their story was, I'm alone. I don't want to be alone. And we were like, Hey, how can we reframe that? Like, why do you want to be in a relationship? Because it shouldn't just be because you don't want to be alone. And it was, well, actually I am ready to share my life with somebody. even just that switch allowed her to first of all it was it was a far less scary story to tell yourself again and again it was a far less kind of um fear induced thought um she's like oh wow I am actually excited
1: yeah and I think that it is a lot to do with the stories that we tell Mm. ourselves and the way that we look at things and also the way that we get triggered and I think this is this is a huge part of it because we can't decide when we are and when we're not going to get triggered by something and if this no. is something that's really deep for you right now like you really are in the throes of the comparison mm. and feeling that pain and the longing even if you a lot of the people that get in touch with us for example they tend to know that, yeah. that that's the pattern that they're in and that it's not necessarily where they want to be like they want to be able to say you know what we're saying about um people asking you about the conversations they want to be able to let it go but the reality is it really hurts and I feel that that's when we have to start to really practice and exercise certain ways of responding Mm -hmm. when we do see that couple holding hands or we go to the wedding and whatever it is the thing that triggers that comparison triggers that feeling yeah in in those moments to recognize that that's happening i heard a really nice like comparison mantra once and it is when you see something that triggers that inside you you say good for you and same for me like good for for me and i i definitely trained myself that when i see couples to be genuinely to be like happy for them Mm. and not just to be happy for them it's not all positive feelings but also I would train myself just to know that I don't actually know how happy that couple are I don't know anything about that couple yeah you know
0: yeah because when we are looking at comparison a lot of the time yes okay it might be walking down the street right but let's be honest most time it's on Instagram or social media and you're comparing you know your life in reality to the five of somebody else's of what they choose to show um in a very happy moment and a very happy time um so you know yes you're right and I, I just wanted to add that in because we especially I think around Christmas time get super um you know it, it can be a real sort of deep hole of, of pain points in comparison you know people like hashtag boyfriend of the year or whatever they're like, they're talking about like tagging presents that they've been bought and stuff like that and it's a bit like
1: Christmas like Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. all of it really and we're we're obviously just talking about like romantic relationships right now but we can fall into this in so many areas when it comes to our age from jobs to payment to how we're living Mm -hmm. there's so many yeah comparisons isn't there because I see that a lot as I I'm 35 now and I love where I live yeah I definitely have started to see it because actually you you are a good example of this as well people are moving into like houses Mm. and I find myself thinking oh my gosh should I be in a house now and I'm just like no, that's just not where. But how crazy! How crazy is that? That something in me thinks should I be in a house now? What yeah. is that? <laughs> that's
0: so interesting because when you came over, you were like, "I can't imagine me living in a house," and I didn't
1: even think that you'd have that. That had been your background, like. Yeah, funnily enough, I don't think there's another friend that's popping to mind. I don't mm. know if I maybe I did that day, but yeah, it's definitely one that I it isn't now that I. It's the first time I've ever said that out loud, actually, but yes I'm having a process right now or that is the first time I said that out loud maybe I didn't really know that that's been going on under the surface but definitely that is one where I'm starting to be yeah. like oh my god should I be in a flat I know. love where I live
0: but it again then it's like yes yeah, so now I'm in a I've been most of you will know but moved out of our one bed flat in London to a three beds um in the countryside we're renting to like get used to the area and stuff and it's amazing but I still have the you know I've got some mates who are buying insane houses and doing like a full-on renovation and I'm like oh my god you know what is what um you know you do and like with that sort of stuff anything with money let's be honest careers you know we've chosen an industry where we run our own business and it's incredibly empowering but um you do then look at other people who are climbing a certain ladder who will make a certain amount of money at certain points yeah. and you know you're like oh what am I? you know and they're all talking about it over dinner and stuff and it's
1: everywhere it, isn't it and it yeah. is hard not to fall into it Mm-hmm. no it has to be that's why you have to have that awareness because you know these things as well you know these feelings where yeah. they just linger and you could think that you're upset about one thing yeah that five minute space and you realize oh my god I'm worried because I I'm not I don't know yeah, where I thought I would be at this age or where I thought I should be at this age or whatever yeah. it is and that's wild that our daily happiness and a life that's so short anyway Well, I was reading that
0: the average life expectancy for a woman is like 85. So to think you're going to have it all figured out, guys, by like the time you're 30 or 35 or 40 is bullshit.
1: It is. But believing that in the moment, this is the issue, isn't it, is we have that logical part and there people will come off of this podcast and they'll say... I know that, I know what they're saying, but I still mm-hmm. feel it and I still believe it and that it still goes to that root where until I'm where I think I should be, that's when I'll finally feel it. That's the deep belief. Yeah. I listen to that podcast and I understand until I have X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then we know, we all already know that we get there and then it's the next thing that we should be doing.
0: Well, I have a really example of that so for years and years and years right my fear was the relationship the story they're not they're not meeting somebody met somebody great then I decided to from my experience I was like okay I really you know I want to help people and I feel like this is an industry where you know I was floundering about blind trying to do the work myself and that's why I went into coaching um as soon as I started my own business all those fears came back all those worries, all those insecurities, all the pressure of time, the fear that things were running out, the, um, the fear that there wasn't enough. You know, I used to say all the good guys have been taken. Then it was, um, you know, oh, what if there aren't enough clients? All, I just transferred basically everything that's... that was a trigger, transferred it to work.
1: Exactly. And that's why actually one of the things when... I've I've written down here when we were talking about. Perhaps we'll give some tips later. Mm. I'll say it now. But one of mine is the first question is: Well, are, are you a worrier? Are you someone who worries? Yeah. This is where it's not always about the content. This is about you just having something else to worry about. And if you don't have the relationship to worry about anymore, your brain will find the next thing. Yeah. Which is why if we actually dedicate ourselves to learning the skills when we notice we start to worry or lose hope,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is what this is really all about. Yeah. You know, not how do I get the thing. You can move really towards yeah. the thing. that I'm not saying that.
0: Um, I wanted to catch on something you said, though, that I really liked. That when you said you can move steps to work towards something. And actually, you know, earlier when we were talking about that comparison with friends and you had to train yourself to be genuinely happy for people. Mm-hmm. I had a really, it was such a lovely moment that like my best friend, um, was kind of in a relationship and she was so happy. And he's a brilliant guy. And it was when I was maybe at my worst or not at my worst. I felt probably it wasn't, you know, I didn't really like myself, didn't really know what I was doing, but I'd started to do the kind of this sort of work and, you know, in brackets. And I just remember looking at her and I was like, I would love this. I would love this, you know, kind of relationship or whatever it is that she's got. And actually, hang on a minute, how, what can I do now to move myself towards that? And that was like one of the moments where I did get really honest. And I was like, actually, what, you know, what are my patterns? What am I doing? What is the difference here? You know, we kind of using that to fuel the fuel the energy that I was bringing to um, focusing on myself and kind of making myself feel whole and, you know, getting really honest about how I was showing up in my, my romantic life.
1: that's it isn't it a lot of the things that we talk about when it comes to the shoulds and the timelines they might be things not always which is why it's really important to just know is this a should is this something i want or not and quite a lot of the time they are things that we want or desire maybe i think one of the tips isn't it is around not using the word want
0: what do you want to use instead
1: desire apparently is a really good one apparently desire is like quite a positive word to use and it takes there's something about wanting where it's a bit clingy a bit like needing Mm -hmm. it and desiring it i don't know it kind of is just a bit more expansive there's a bit more space there Mm -hmm. so just these small little things isn't it but anyway there you go little tip that no one asked for desiring something Mm -hmm is still very much okay, like we're saying, but it's just like you were saying, is that energy that we show up with that between am I wanting and needing it versus am I desiring this? And moving in a, this is the thing, isn't it? Are you moving in a direction that's going to support that?
0: I, I know what you mean, because it's, it's you know, especially when we talk about calling something in or we talk about making change, right? It has to start with you and the, I always say to the clients, like, look, I don't believe that you've completely lost the hope it's going to happen because you're sat here, even if you think it's a last resort, right? You still got that, that hope. You've still got the belief that it could happen and that it might happen because otherwise you wouldn't be here. So it's, it's kind of harnessing that hope and that, um, that belief, even if it's 1%, even if 90%, 99% of it's been squashed. Right. And then thinking, okay, what, where how can i move forward in a way that's going to feel empowering for me having the goal of wanting a relationship is amazing and can, should be celebrated if that's what you want okay it's not i should it's if that is what your heart truly tells you that you want move towards it and take steps and get really honest get really practical you know are you still saying yes to people who should be a no are you um on dating apps treating them like a game are you shutting yourself off everybody you meet are you looking for the criticisms have you actually got a lot that's perhaps going on that you haven't dealt with from when you were a kid a teenager in past relationships like what is your situation what the stories you're telling yourself and how are you still keeping them alive Mm. move through it to
1: get specific then Mm -hmm. the biological clock
0: Yeah, let's talk about this. And also, I want to start by framing this conversation in, again, when we think about the shoulds and when we think about what we do want, we cannot ignore the fact that for hundreds and hundreds and thousands and whatever years, women have been taught and told your role is to reproduce. Your role, your value in society comes from being a mother. Okay. So I think we're at a very interesting point where people are starting to unpick that and women a lot more now are deciding they don't want kids. That in itself is such a huge topic of conversation and such a huge um, thing to talk about. So I do want to start by saying that it's now far more nuanced and there is no should. There is no, because I've reached a certain age, I feel like I should have kids or I should want kids. If there is a part of you that isn't sure or if there is a part of you that actually cannot see yourself with them, then that is more than okay. That is your choice, that is your right and it doesn't matter what your grandma says. So I just wanted to start actually by saying that before we talk about the biological clock and the pressure of people who do want kids because the people who don't or aren't sure their story is just as valid and the pressures on them will be just as important
1: yeah and people who might be listening where they are already in a place where they know it's not an option for them yeah you know yeah. and whether that is through choice or not choice
0: mm.
1: one thing that i'm very aware of in myself and many, many others, I'm sure, Mm. is I don't remember a time in my life, even as a child, honestly, I just don't remember there not being this slight niggle at the back of my mind about what if I can't have kids, might not be able to Mm. have kids. And listen, I am one of the top people where it's very conflicted about whether I want kids or not. And I don't mean in the sense of I'm in a conflict of whether do I want kids or do I not if I'm making this decision Mm. I just mean there is a million parts of me that have Mm -hmm. different feelings and different Mm -hmm. opinions and different worries and I just can't deny that there is not one set part of me that knows exactly what's right when it comes to this
0: yeah thinking about when I was a little girl and I had my dolls and my prams and I tucked my stuffed teddies into bed every night and stuff like where do you think the thought was that what if I can't have kids it
1: just was always there again maybe just I don't know maybe it was a bit of reality maybe I'd watched Mm -hmm. something maybe I'm not sure I just know that it's always been there Mm -hmm. and of course to this day it is you know it's look I'm 35 that's a key age to be having these feelings these thoughts but they've been there since whatever age I've been I know that I've had these like little niggles yeah. which is difficult like just in general that's difficult to you know have those underlying fears that we walk around with isn't it
0: mm. yeah
1: the it's
0: I guess it's just constant fear of what if isn't it
1: I've dealt with it through okay so what if this doesn't happen for me what if that's the truth and it's not going to happen for me how do you want to live your life how do you want to feel at the end of your life even with this like how are you going to yeah get through life then if that's the case and and for me the answer is well I want to be as happy as possible yeah. I want to have a as great life as possible and it, it just can't that was my decision it just cannot depend on these things that are out of my control it can't my happiness and the thing is I I don't know if I've spoken about it on this podcast before but for me happiness is an interest my happiness is important and so something that I was so passionate about in other people and in myself and just really curious about it was just it's very clear to me that my happiness can't depend on yeah things and to this day not knowing am I gonna have kids am I not can I have kids biological clock that is very real that I just think well I'm gonna have to let that play out and see and if there's a time where it becomes a problem then I will deal with that at that time yeah I
0: think that's amazing and actually um it's funny you said that because um if we're talking about practical steps I've actually got um something that people can do at home that um I do with clients quite a bit but with time and with um the future I think it's one of the reasons it can feel so frightening is because it's almost sort of never-ending do you know what I mean there's it's always just this weighted fear. And if we're talking about confronting the reality and sort of almost facing the worst fears, I say, okay, pick an age where you feel like you, not having kids is is no longer an option. Do you know what I mean? Is it 40, is it 45? And think about actually you're 45. What do you want your life to be like? Where would you be living? What would you be doing? How, what relationships would you have with your friends what would, what kind of job would you like would you live abroad for six months and every time i've done that with clients the vision of what they create and come up with is amazing and it feels great for them like you watch them and they're smiling and they you know it's yeah okay it's it's tentative and it's scary but you know when we think about our worst case scenarios right Sometimes facing that fear and being like, okay, if I was at 45 mm-hmm. and that's the age I said, you know what, kids maybe isn't in my journey. That's the age I'd give up or I'd stop, you know, thinking about having them or whatever it might be, whatever age feels, it'll be different for everybody. And looking after, looking at the, looking at post that age. Yeah. And
1: that's the, that side of dealing with things, isn't it? And then we have the beauty of imagination where we can cultivate hope and we can begin to believe in what hasn't happened yet and I think that is one of the the -hmm. biggest challenges but the greatest gift we can give ourselves is to start to believe in what we haven't experienced yet or what we can't see yet and you only have to look around and not very far to find some of the most incredible stories where things fall into place and I have a one person in particular coming to mind that i worked with and i can't tell you how many times we got on zoom and it was this fear that i'm never going to meet anyone age kid yeah. everything we're talking about and on, honestly in the last week she's announced that she's pregnant oh so exciting um, and so that that's a short amount of time yeah. maybe people want to say like i don't want it to be a short amount of time i want to know the person for this long but those things we really don't know until mm. we're in that moment our feelings depend as well on the moment that we're in
0: and I also think it's you know um I've got a sim client and it was that there was almost the fear about feeling like it was going to take them a long time to meet somebody honestly they got engaged in like six months yeah both of them were a bit older both of them just knew all happy swimming along happy as Larry and I was like do you remember that story the story of the time how long it's going to take the exhaustion that you were already considering.
1: It's funny because last night, literally last night mm. on, the sofa, sofa, <laughs> on the sofa, we were having not even a conversation. I don't know how it came up. We were watching Friends, I think. And I just said, the day that we met, we both just got up that day and had an ordinary day. And you mm-hmm. went to work and you are just at work and had no idea and I was probably just going about my day and we had no idea that our lives were about to change. We had no idea. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I did always think it at the time, I used to say it all the time, like, you don't know the day your whole life is going to change. If someone, I met him on a Sunday, if someone had told me on that Saturday, tomorrow your whole life's gonna change, Mm Like To the point in a year's time you'll be living together, it's all gonna change. How do you want this Saturday to be? What would you do with this Saturday? What would you think this Saturday? Like, do you know what I mean?
0: You know, if you'd have known that, you'd have either been so free and like having the best time ever. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't have been sat at home worrying about when it was going to happen and what's going on. And look, as I said, guys, we know the pain of worrying. We know the pain of time. We know, you know, we, we're we not saying this lightly. We understand, there's, as Carly has said before, there's the logic versus the actual fear. But both of us from the bottom of our heart truly believe that that anything can happen at any point and the same is true for you guys
1: yeah so- and I remember when I was mid-20s mm-hmm. and I had the, this fear maybe I had this fear more in my mid-20s weirdly and I thought I'm getting old and you know you, you I'm supposed to be having kids and getting <laughs> married <laughs> and so i settled in a relationship and i mm-hmm. and when that ended i promised myself i will not be doing that again mm. based on fear and age and shoulds and i've shared here before that's part of the reason i stayed in the relationship as well
0: yeah and i think it's it's sad that it it becomes more of a consideration or again it, it feels more of a pressure doesn't it if you are say Thirty, early 30s and you are in a relationship and you're not sure if it's the right one but let's say you do want kids or you've got people in your ear telling you time is running out and what are you doing and stuff like that and it's very normal to make decisions based on that fear and those voices and things like that
1: this is where we have to check in as well around Mm -hmm. responsibility yeah of are we sat here saying about what we don't have and living in that place of lack Mm -hmm. realistically Mm -hmm. and yes okay we maybe we are going on dates but really what energy are we showing up with and are we dating people that treat us well Mm -hmm. are we still chasing someone Mm
0: -hmm. are we
1: still engaging in in behaviors that don't match what it is that we say that we want yeah are we checking, you know, are we considering? Okay, well, if it is kids, cause here was the thing for me, I was not gonna chase getting in a relationship just so that I could have children. That yeah. was a big no for me. Cause when I really looked at it, I could see that the fear was that family kids, if I don't meet someone, the family kids, that mm-hmm. can make you settle with anyone. So that's why you do have to have a conversation with yourself about, okay, mm-hmm. what are my thoughts around going it alone? What are my options? And I'm not saying to make that decision. And that isn't, it's not a last resort giving up. There are people out there extremely empowered having kids themselves.
0: I came out with a plan. Me and my best, one of my best friends came up with a plan. Like we didn't meet anybody by, I mean, we were like early 20s. This is how much I thought it wasn't going to happen for me. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I was 23, sat so there and we were like, okay, if we didn't meet anybody, Um, you know, what would we do? But genuinely, my thought was, well, I just had them on my own. It wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't ever have that fear where it was. The kids thing for me wasn't, wasn't always a, wasn't necessarily a fear. I just genuinely had them in my head. If I really wanted them, I'd have them. And interesting as I've got older, I've become, I do want children. I, de- I do, I definitely do. But it's probably only now that I could sort of say that with, with certainty because you know me and my husband have had conversations you know we're like oh, we just don't feel ready at all in the sense that we both like <laughs> we both like our lives right we both like being quite selfish I've got my little dog you know he's great and I don't feel that that sort of urge or that like pressure to put on myself to have them but I'm going to be really honest it's been going around my head a hell of a lot more because now all the adverts I see on Instagram about fertility
1: I went away last weekend two were mums and two of us weren't we were Mm. having this conversation about the pressure and yeah just we were talking about this anyway I got home go on Instagram and literally there was some advert it was so I wish I'd do you know what it was actually really bad now that I think about it it was literally pressuring me I'm gonna find it
0: but but these yeah the adverts i get they're either about fertility testing or egg freezing which i do want to talk about actually um in a minute and just all like kids clothes and things like that and i don't know if it's my age or the fact that you know i got married a couple of years ago a year ago we'll definitely get it now
1: now that we've had this conversation
0: yeah instagram's listening had really fab conversation with emma Who is the turning 30 coach, if anybody doesn't know? And we were talking a lot about the 35 cliff, where there is a conception, especially within the fertility industry and what we've been taught as women, that 35, there's a 35 cliff. And as soon as you reach 35, it all drops off. You literally fall off a cliff, which isn't true when you look at the stats and the research. It's honestly a load of bullshit. Um, And a lot of the, fertility stats to this day are still based on research from the 1700s in France, where our bodies were completely different, our lives, were, our life expectancy was completely different. So now they actually say, if you are seriously looking at kids and things like that, 38 plus is a more realistic age frame to start looking at when things do slow down a little bit. I still think that's quite a, a young age for me personally, but it's not as you don't reach 35 and on your 35th birthday you wake up and all your eggs are gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this advert is I took a fertility test to see how much time I had to have children. I found out it was now or never.
0: Oh yeah. Um I did when I was researching this, I I started looking into egg freezing a lot. And like Liam came into the room and was like, What are you looking at? And what are you doing? And I was like, oh, just this stuff. And I said, you know, part of me does wonder whether I should get like a a MOT or whatever it's called. And he was like, well, who says you would be the problem? Like if we were doing that. And it is so true. I didn't even, I was like, oh, okay. My responsibility, my da, 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 da. You know, there was no again i was taking that responsibility on wasn't i and that's definitely internalized and like he doesn't get bloody adverts about time running out and things like that on his instagram no. or sperm count or whatever it is
1: well and obviously because mine's a little bit different because my boyfriend's younger yeah and i'm older so obviously so that's an interesting dynamic not really in terms of like wanting the kids and things which mm. i guess would be maybe one of the first thoughts. Mm -hmm. because I've shared here before he, he was always much more open about wanting kids. It's definitely something he wants. Yeah. But yeah, we have had to have that conversation of, yeah, we've had it twice, which is, yeah, we both know, we both know that it would be in our nearer future. Yeah. But he's fine with it. (laughs) He, once we were in a cafe, and there was this woman who was, yeah, clearly like an older mum. It's a mm. horrible thing to say, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Same age I'm gonna be if I'm a mum, so no judgment. And um and he said, oh, because he's from Brazil, oh I noticed like a lot of people here are or women here are older mums or something along those lines. Mm. And I said, you know that if we have kids, that's gonna be me. And yeah, there was just no judgment from him, but it's he had noticed and he doesn't because he doesn't want to be whatever this means. Just This is just lack of better words. He doesn't want to be an older dad and not in terms of judgment on me, just in terms of he wants them younger.
0: Well, no, I mean, Liam always said he always thought he would have kids at like 25, things like that. And obviously now. I thought yeah, I was going to have kids at
1: 26. I was going to have two boys, and <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what order I was going to have them in. Uh, that's mad. It was tw- yeah. when I was younger, it was 26. I th- but I w- wonder if that's just because my mum was 26, and it's just the number that was
0: yeah, in my speech, I d- I never had again. But I never, I think I spent so many years thinking I would never get married. I had never had, you know, when it came to the wedding and stuff, I never had an image of what I wanted or what it would look like. And kids were. I think I just always had that mentality of if I really wanted them, I'd make, I'd have, I'd have them my own. And I don't know whether I would now, you know, I don't know what my thoughts would be around that, but you know, but they do call you um, a geriatric mum, a geriatric mother, if you're over the age of 35, which is particularly hideous terminology. <laughs> what do you, what are your thoughts on egg freezing? Because it's something um I'm a really big advocate for if you feel like that's in your journey and it's something that quite a few of my clients um either look into or have done or are in the the journey of doing and I would like to raise a little bit more awareness around the conversation um because from you know talking and kind of researching it's it can be very empowering but it's also can feel bittersweet because you know you don't know whether you are um giving up on some sort of dream and it's never like that that's never the story is it but you know I just want to acknowledge that there there are a lot of feelings around it and they will be very different for for people
1: i just have to say i don't think i'm answering your question Mm. but just what comes up for me immediately is like just life works in the most mysterious ways it really does and we have to put one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. and if the calling right now is just i'm gonna check this out the egg freezing it doesn't mean anything about the dream it doesn't mean anything about the dream whatever that Mm -hmm. dream is maybe the dream is to be a Mm -hmm. uh what do they call them this like hashtag solo mums or something there's a whole movement it's incredible yeah and yeah there's just none of it means anything no. about your future who yeah. you're going to meet, where you're going to meet people meet people at all ages mm-hmm. in all different ways with or without kids
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah that, that um, that's just how I've almost like trained myself to think though, to be honest, that wasn't my original thoughts, but now it's automatic. So it shows you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is the thing, isn't it? Doing, you know, you are talking in such a lovely um, way that is really expansive, but like that does take years of practice. I'm going to say guys, whoever's listening be like, why aren't I thinking like Carly? That is years of, of facing the fear and being like, hang on a minute. What if the, the,
1: the, and collecting evidence as yeah. well. That's the other thing I do is I mm. will notice when I hear an incredible story, because there's many mm. of them out there, I'll just take note of, oh, there's another there's another yeah. incredible story of how things work out. We probably both do
0: this when we're working with clients, right? When we're talking about building new beliefs and strengthening different possibilities and stuff, keep a list in your phone. Of every little sign you see that something is working out for you, or every sign you see that there are good people out there, or every sign you see that there are amazing things that happen to people, like keep that log of evidence going. Because if you do that for a few months, by the time you kind of get to the end of that, you literally have a bank of evidence, but it forces you to look for new possibilities and it forces you to kind of physically find evidence to support new way of thinking. Exactly. That's a little tip about time running out keep that keep that little log of evidence i know what you mean about what you're saying there about the egg freezing that it doesn't have any of course it doesn't just because you freeze your eggs it doesn't mean you're guaranteeing yourself to be a single mom or solo parent or whatever i do think kind of egg freezing buys yourself a little a little time back or i don't know you know obviously there are the physical ramifications aren't there but also just mentally if, if you feel called that you know you want kids in the future and you know that you want to kind of allow yourself or give yourself a bit of peace of mind and that feels like it's going to do that, then definitely look into it, please, because there's no stigma attached to it. You're not saying, oh, I'm giving up hope. I'm giving up on the dream. What would be your couple of tips then to manage the anxiety around concept of time running out because that was a big question I got yeah and that was the kind of every question basically was a version of this how do I manage the anxiety
1: so we're not looking at how do I make myself have control around time and think we know that thinking about things is not going to make time stand still so for me i would really just be asking am i a worrier like am i someone who tends to be worrying about things and that's where i would be starting is living more in the present moment training yourself to live more presently and the worries that are there this is not about getting rid of them this Mm -hmm. podcast for me isn't about saying Right, let's make it so that everyone believes 100% everything's gonna work out and (laughs) not gonna worry. But the fear and the worry, what if we respected that that is there? What if we had real compassion and understanding that it makes so much sense to have that? And rather than feeling like, well, I've got no hope if I also have these thoughts, you can have both. Yeah. You can have a bit of fear and a bit of worry and you can have some hope. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So I think living as much in the moment as possible, Mm. taking the steps Mm. that are within your control and getting really honest with yourself about that. And yeah, not trying to fight the worries and the fears, but living with them with acceptance and understanding and kindness and, and just that is quite healing for worry and anxiety.
0: Yeah I think that's really really beautiful and I agree like when I think about beliefs and thoughts and anxieties I always think about it as a little dial that you can turn down right and you can turn other ones up so it's not saying that if you do this work or you follow this practice you're never going to have a negative thought or you're never going to have an anxious thought or whatever it is it's just we're looking so I was um to kind of myself okay hang on where are my dials at the moment right is the acceptance and hope and gratitude is that turned right down to one and is the fear and the worry one turned up to 10 and what can I do to fiddle those dials again and it is really simple practices a lot of the time such as the gratitude practices meditations that going out in nature the listening to your body I've been doing a lot of breath work kind of things recently as well those sort of practices I think that can really ground you yeah um,
1: and was, we were, sorry go on
0: no no, no you, you finish
1: I was gonna say that's what we were saying earlier about yeah. using our imagination our imagination is incredible and when we begin to imagine and have a felt sense of what it would be if we were in that relationship or we were making that money, whatever it is, if we could create a felt sense, which isn't easy if you've never had it, but that's why I'm talking about imagination. That's the beauty of our imagination.
0: And so that's why I've got A on my website, which I'm very happy to link. It's just a free visualization, which is to create those feelings of having that relationship that you want or having that feeling of love. Um, Because once we acknowledge that that is there and it doesn't feel like an unachievable goal, then it's a lot easier to settle into that. If I was just to build on one of your points there, Carly, is just I'm a big action person as well and I've had to learn to slow down and learn to feel all the feelings, as Carly knows. One part A really big part of my journey was thinking about what I did desperately want and what I felt like I deserved and actually really then broke down, okay, what are the areas that I'm probably not showing up as the person who just knows she deserves an amazing relationship right what could I do instead and for me that looked like buying the books doing the practices you know listening to the podcasts um and if there'd been coaching available it would have been coaching so get really honest on what positive steps you can take not only just what's your responsibility for but what, but what positive steps you can take to help um. yourself
1: what's exciting about this this Mm. is a nice drop although we don't have anything to share about it right now that we have plans for a retreat or bringing people together Mm. and these tools that we're talking about will be a huge part of that yep activating that something in us that can have it all we can have it all i love that that feeling that we can cultivate within us that we can have so much more than we believe we can Oh my God, that you just
0: said to me, and do you know what? Actually, that is a tip I will add in because sometimes we get so focused on where we want to go, we forget to look back. Guys, if you're thinking about time running away and you know, you're know you not sure if it's going to happen and you're not sure if things are going to change and it feels like it's all a bit and whatever, look back at the last five, 10 years and see what shifted for you. See what you've achieved. See how you feel now versus then. Look back and actually use that as evidence as well, um, if that's going to kind of help soothe that anxiety around time and chunks of time. Mm. Thank you for listening. Please do rate, subscribe and review as it helps other people find us. Um, And we absolutely love having these conversations. As always, um, if you have any insights, any thoughts reflections anything you would love us to cover please do get in touch with us um via our emails which we'll link in the show notes or via instagrams or social medias as always um and we yeah we think you're all great thanks for listening (laughs) and we truly believe that whatever you want you can have Hi guys, just as a little disclaimer, when looking into these subjects, talking about egg freezing and fertility, please, as a reminder, go and do your own research, Um, investigate it as thoroughly as you want, because there is a lot of different information out there that will give different ages, different timelines, um, different best practices. So as always, please do investigate.